Welcome to the second episode of the Global Custodian Podcast. This week we are recording live from Dubrovnik in Croatia, where we're attending the uh, NEMA 2016 event. My name is John Watkins, I'm the editor of Global Custodian, and I'm joined today by Paul Walsh, our staff writer, and Richard Schwartz, our contributing editor. So, Paul, Richard, welcome, how are you? Enjoying the weather? Fantastic. Yeah. Nicer than England, eh? Very nice. Yeah, so we're actually recording from the balcony of the first floor at the, the Radisson Blue where the, the conference is. Uh, the sun's out. Even don't, though... don't, don't talk it up too much. <laughs> no. Well, luckily they can't see. It's only an uh, audio podcast. But um, yeah, despite the rain predicted, we've got sunny weather here. Uh, we're on the second day of the conference. Uh, the first day was a uh, pre, pre-event, which uh, Paul, you attended. Yes. That's right. Um, so... The idea of this podcast is to just do a bit of a review of day one. We're going to have some special guests throughout the day, uh, and we're just going to let you know what's being discussed, what the hot topics, um, and how the conference is going. So, Paul, how was the how was the first day? What, what was kind of being discussed on Thank those you, John. panels? Um, no, I arrived yesterday for the Network Risk Summit, which is sort of a prelude to the to the main NEMA event. And I attended a couple of panels and a couple of interesting themes that were up there, which mm-hmm. I've written stories about, which can be found on the Global Custodian website. Particularly, thank you. Uh, the suggestion came from the head of the uh, International Security Services Association that the target to securities model, which I've written about extensively, uh, suggested that that can't support account segregation. So mm-hmm. custodians needing to sort of open hundreds of, if not millions, of accounts in order to support a segregated model. Uh, the project simply can't work that way, which might cause custodians greater issues. Whether or not that will sort of take shape remains to be seen. Another panel I attended yesterday concerned how... Sorry, the, can I... By all means. By all means. Have you had any feedback from T2S itself on that idea about whether or not you can support segregation? Funnily enough, I'd... Oh, are we recording this? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, funnily enough, I did um, another... Uh, what was it? I had a discussion with uh, Swift's Business Forum in April. And there was also a panelist there who was J.P. Morgan, and he suggested the same thing, that basically you just can't support account segregation. And his example was that if tomorrow custodians wanted to open a 1,000 accounts at a 1,000 CSDs, they simply wouldn't be able to, and the technical specifications of it worry him slightly. So perhaps the sort of finer details of the technical aspects of T2S still need to be need to be ironed out. And there's clearly demand in the industry for that, for a segregated model. So, oh, so maybe that's something we'll follow up during the rest of the week. Yeah, possibly. Um, another panel I attended, um, again sort of on the subject of regulation this time, concerned the upcoming CSDR regulation, yep. and in particular the impact it would have on securities lending, because the, the CSDR regulation, Central Securities Depository Regulation, to get it correctly, um, might have an impact on the securities lending market and securities finance transactions as a whole, because that involves securities lending as well as the repo market, and how that those specific regulations are applied would have quite a specific impact, as well as reporting challenges, which will also be sort of... Um, particularly applicable to, to that upcoming regulation. Yeah. So we'll just see. I think that's something that echoed what Isla was saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year they uh, certainly started the conversation about uh, it, uh, impacting liquidity. So, right. Interesting. Yeah, so that was that was yesterday's panel. Mm-hmm. Um, and today, uh, day one of NEMA is very much surrounding T2S and blockchain, two of our industry favourites. <laughs> um, but Richard, you were there for the early panels this morning where we had some keynote speeches and um, uh, one of the panels as well. Yes, yeah, so the the keynote speeches I I saw one and a half. Yeah. Um, 
and the bits that I saw were related to the region where the speakers were remarkably honest about the challenges facing them in the region, particularly the, the one I'd focus on is the uh, speaker, I think she was the CEO of the Zagreb Stock Exchange, and she was being very open and as a result fairly downbeat about the challenges for smaller exchanges in Europe to get liquidity and to present themselves as a viable alternative to some of the larger yeah. sort of pan-European uh, operations. Was there a solution or just a... Well, the solution they seem to have come up with is uh, something they call SEE Link, which was to get the smaller exchanges to band together to make it easy to do business among them for the brokers. She yeah. stressed that actually the brokers were not driving this, it was really the exchanges that were driving this. Um, the only thing that was surprising was that Athens Stock Exchange joined this initiative. Um, we didn't really discuss why. But she also said that the question of harmonizing clearing and settlement processes in the region is incredibly challenging. And it's going to take years and years and years. So she wasn't, and this on, it, on the back of this, an economic situation where there isn't sufficient growth to drive this. So really she was saying, well, the exchanges have to step up and, and try and make this attractive as a region uh, for people to transact in. But my feeling was that it was more a question of hope than expectation. Yeah. Um, the panel I went to was on uh, due diligence, which yep. is a, a big issue because there are providers who, for regulatory reasons, are getting hundreds and hundreds of requests to fill in different kinds of due diligence forms, and it's not really sustainable. So the industry, through AFMIS, has an initiative to standardize due diligence questionnaires. This is in a custody concept. Um, at the moment, it seems to be going reasonably well. Just as an outsider, I'd say the fact that they're talking about 450 questions in the standardized questionnaire is probably suggests that there's still some pruning to do. Because really, the reason people are doing this is for regulatory compliance. And the fewer questions you can get away with, to be honest, the better from a resourcing point of view. But I'm still just warming up. <laughs> might have something more intelligent to say later <laughs> tomorrow. Okay. okay. And, and, and the, the, the panel discussion that kind of rounded up the morning was uh, on the value of sustainability, a.k.a. the big coverage question. Uh, and one of the, the, the big things that came out of that discussion was there was a huge divided opinion on uh, the future of sub-custody. So on one side of the fence we had Andrew Osborne from Northern Trust who was... Um, basically kind of questioning the future of, of sub-custodians and highlighting that when you have a single provider in one of these markets uh, and they end up exiting that market, it, it creates a huge risk and stress on the system. So he was exploring some of the uh, alternative models for global custodians. So the other side of... In fact, actually, the interesting thing from this panel was that the moderator 
completely disagreed with that, didn't you? <laughs> so, uh, and that was John Gubert saying he couldn't really envisage this kind of disintermediation of some subcustodians. I, I can see the reason why global custodians might might want to uh, look at alternative models, given the increase in liability that comes from these regulations, yeah. or whatever happens with the subcustodian. But in practical terms, having loads of account links to local CSDs all over the world is, I don't think, I mean, Andy Osborne could correct me, but I don't think that's what global custodians necessarily want to spend their time doing. No. So I think uh, maybe maybe the whole point of it was just to flag up the concern over the subcustodians exiting. See if there's any other good quotes. <clears throat> yeah, so one of Andrew's uh, comments was We are looking at alternative operating models for these markets, including the disintermediation of subcustodians out of the service chain because of this level of risk we now face. So, um, you know, this was this sparked conversation amongst the guys from City and Sogen who said, Well, we're not planning to exit any of these markets, but yeah, we can never say never. So, um, a space to watch, and if you if you want to see that article, it's up on uh, Global Custodian. Uh, um, it's available to read. Okay, so we would like to uh, welcome our first guest of today, and that's uh, Hugh Palmer from uh, Sockgen, who's product manager uh, with responsibility for uh, the T2S project. Hi, hi, Hugh. How are you? Uh, very well, thank you. <laughs> good, uh, good. In a, in a great place in Dubrovnik, uh, under the sun. So, yep. Yeah. <laughs> we, we decided earlier we didn't want to rub it in too much to our listeners, but uh, we can't help but uh, say how beautiful it is. So, uh, is this your first NEMA, or been to been to many before? Uh, this is my my third uh, third NEMA. Yep. And indeed, the third time that I've, I've been here uh, to participate on panels, uh, specifically talking about uh, T2S. So uh, three years on from from that first participation, uh, T2S is still clearly uh, a subject which is high on the agenda uh, of the people participating at NEMA, but for the securities industry uh, at large. And uh, yes, indeed, this I mean this this afternoon. Uh, today we're Wednesday. Uh, there is a, a whole stream for a whole afternoon uh, dedicated to, to T2S, which is, let's face it, arriving on our, on our doorsteps now. Absolutely. And, and how have the conversations moved on in those three years, would you say? Uh, the conversation, yeah, has moved on uh, in that uh, three years ago uh, there was a lot more of an educational slant to, you know, what is T2S, uh, what, what's it going to change? It then moved on the debate to how are you preparing for T2S and, and in a number of other uh, conference sessions after the first migration, migration wave there was a, a, quite a quite a big focus on what were the lessons learned and uh, uh, how can we improve uh, uh, the uh, uh, the implementation the migration for the next waves and today uh, uh, this afternoon in, in, in the panel uh, the focus was very much more on, on, on organizational and operational issues uh, within uh, the, the broker-dealer community, mm -hmm. uh, which is which is an interesting development because I would say 18 months ago, uh, the broker-dealer community, T2S, was not on their radar, uh, and it's now something they're looking at uh, very closely, uh, understanding notably from a uh, treasury management point of view uh, that there is something they can get out of T2S. It's not just uh, some mandatory resettlement to adaptations. Yep. You want to ask? 
this particular, um, which is a, a Q and I've discussed the subject of TTOS before on, um, on sort of several occasions. Um, so where do we stand sort of now with TTOS? Obviously, with the panel in mind, where is it that we stand now as we look to towards the end of implementation? Whereabouts do we stand now? With, uh, for where, we, where we stand uh, yeah. from a planning perspective, yeah. if that's your question, uh, is that there are uh, now the two two waves that have gone, gone through. Uh, so wave one was split into wave one A and one B with Italy. Uh, joining the party uh, with just a, a, a couple of months of, of latency uh, last year. Uh, we had NDB and Portugal uh, come onto the platform uh, in uh, in March. And the next migration wave is, I would say, one of the, one of the big ones, uh, in that uh, Euroclear is bringing its three easiest CSDs, so Euroclear France, Euroclear Netherlands, and Euroclear Belgium onto the platform. Mm -hmm. And there we will see, really, uh, you know, added notably to... to Monte Titoli's volumes, the platform will start to take on a significant size in terms of volume. And a few months later, so in February 2017, uh, the, the, the biggest migration in terms of volume uh, as, as the fourth wave will include the, the, the German market, uh, which today uh, is one of the most important markets in terms of settlement uh, volume in, in Europe. And from that point on, I think. Everybody is expecting that with that mass uh, of volume uh, on the on the platform, with that number of markets, mm -hmm. we will then start to see the benefits of T2S uh, paying out. So once we get that larger market involved, all the initial benefits that were talked about way back in 2006 when the project was first initiated, we'll see those come to the fore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, indeed, uh, one of the, I would say, primary benefits that uh, people are expecting uh, is the uh, capacity to, to net transactions across markets through a single uh, cash account, uh, be that cash account with a, uh, with a custodian bank or, or I would say uh, in many people's minds preferably in, in central bank money uh, on, a, on a DCA. Uh, obviously if you, if you haven't got any, uh, any limited number of markets uh, on the platform, the, the, the possibilities for netting are much reduced to when you then have a larger number of, of markets on, on, on the platform. Great. Fantastic. All right, Hugh. Well, thanks very much for your time today. Um, we hope you enjoy the rest of the conference, though it's hard not to. Right? <laughs> uh, it was a pleasure talking to you. Great. Thanks Thank for your you. time. Thanks for your time, Hugh. Excellent. So, we'd uh, like to welcome our second guest of the day, uh, Graham Ray, who's the managing director at uh, Deutsche Bank. Welcome, Graham. Hello. How are you enjoying the conference so far? Really good. Really, yeah? really good conference. Uh, very well attended. Uh, some really good topics being discussed. Yeah. I think. Uh, away from the actual conference itself at the stands, um, but we're looking forward to talking with you over those in the next few minutes. Good, good. So you were on the T2S panel earlier. Um, yeah, what, what did you guys talk about on the panel? Any interesting conclusions from that? Yeah, look, the um, T2S is a famous subject at Lima, right? It's been going on for, for a number of years, obviously because it's in its, its, its life uh, journey. I think what was very felt very different this year is the panel was talking about the execution demand of T2S. So we've already rolled out some waves, and we've learned some lessons from them. We're looking into the future of markets of real size and real capacity. So what was becoming interesting about the panel is what we have learned, how are we going to apply them? Um, so there was a great focus on the lessons that we've learned around challenges of matching, the lessons that we've learned around challenges of liquidity, and now as we look to the, look to the next uh, coming month, particularly with the, uh, the ESIS markets going live in September, how we're going to, uh, how we're going to deal with them. But I think also what became very prevalent in the, in the panel, which
which has actually become very prevalent across across the conference so far today, is the whole terminology around disruption. Right. You know, T2S is disruption from an execution perspective, mm-hmm. but obviously you've got the exciting uh, element of technology. And really, when I apply both of those, those topics, I think what lots of people are talking about is how do we control how we implement that technology yeah. in a way that means we're not dictated to, and as an industry we can influence it for the, the ultimate benefit. You know, we're all here to provide commercial benefits to the industry, which is clients that are here today, which is providers that are here today, which is clients that are nowhere near us today, and as a region, um, you know, out, out of the global, uh, global perspective. And obviously, this is a, a great conference and a great platform for just kind of discuss, discussing the industry as a whole. You know, has there been some kind of predictions on the future of the industry? Any ways we're going? Anything that's been thrown up so far that might surprise our listeners? Um, well, maybe not surprised, but 25% of, of participants in the last um, uh, DLT blockchain panel actually felt in the next five years yeah. that security transactions would be leveraging and using that technology. Is that Which surprising I, to you, 25%? It's, it's not surprising, but the one thing I would say is it's, it's complementing what you hear in the market, yeah. but maybe gives it a little bit more compelling um, influence it will occur, because mm-hmm. everyone who is at this conference today and, uh, and, and has been in you know, past and tomorrow, um, really are connected to the industry. So you're now getting that feeling that all of those participants in the industry really want to introduce change. Yeah. So you know it might only be 25% now, but we're really in the hype. So let's let's look at that next year, and I bet that's going to go to 35, 40. We're getting to levels then that really mean delivery will occur. Yeah. In quite a short space of time when you compare uh, compare that technology to some of the other disruptions that's been around. Mm. I think, Paul, you were saying earlier that uh, John Gilbert set a challenge of saying yes. blockchain less than 10 times over the whole conference. So I, think, <laughs> yes. I, think, I think we've met well, that now. Most of the ones now moved to DLT. Yeah. Blockchain's been right. 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 right now. Now we're on DLT. People do remember that's a distributed ledger technology. Yeah. So, you say that's a recurring theme. Then we mentioned the word change. That's a recurring theme across the industry and sort of general disruption, be it with blockchain, be it with T2S. That theme's kind of, it's kept cropping up at this conference, would you say? And, and that's what the industry will see going forward. Most definitely, you bring it back to the core of what the DNA this, this, um, this conference is about and it's network managers and how they look towards the markets and they need to participate and provide services and how they work with their agent banks and even change of looking at the questionnaire the due diligence questionnaires that are coming about and being worked with by Admin. so again a great panel there but really for me brings home that element of change across our organisation change for really asset protection asset safety change for delivering harmonisation into the European Union, but also change of excitement about how now can we deploy technology in a way that creates either opportunities internally within organisations or allows us to look at the ecosystem in a different manner and create opportunities uh, in an external perspective. Great. Okay. Well, Graham, thanks very much for your time today. Really good to talk to you. Thank you very much. So that's about it from the first uh, sunny day at NEMA in Dubrovnik. Um, we'd like to thank our guest Hugh Palmer uh, from Sockgen and Graham Ray from Deutsche Bank for uh, getting involved today and uh, telling us a bit about their conference experiences. We'll be back tomorrow with uh, more guests and more of an update from day two at NEMA. Thank you very much for listening.